Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of The Bullshit Detective. My name is David Brown. Today I've been talking to Jim Ferron, who is a, an ex-copper and a guy who delivers um, training around safeguarding and stuff like that. We've been having a chat about, well, the current crisis, but not so much the crisis itself, but the crisis that we are creating as human beings, the nonsense that's going on um, in terms of, you know, the panic buying and all that kind of thing, and the rubbish that's being spoken on social media. But please have a listen, and I will catch you briefly at the end. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Ha Jim! Wow, okay. That was aha. interesting. Aha, Jim, lads. Yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, got you now, yeah. Ah, right, there we go. Bit of a, some technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, digital age and nothing works, mate. Love it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether maybe the, um, maybe the networks are straining a bit at the moment because everyone's at home. Yeah, it could be. Or, or I, I mean, I, I'm not, but I mean, I, iPads, it's, uh, it, it was letting me do every, it let me get right to the point where I was just before you appeared. And then it said there was nobody there. So it's probably best to do it via phone. At least we've got a connection, haven't we? Well, here we are. So, um, well, thanks for coming on. No problem. Uh, and, well, we had a bit of a chat yesterday. Um, and obviously we've been engaging on, on LinkedIn over a period of time. Um, and I don't know, I think there's, well, there is between us. There's some frustration leaking out um, <laughs> about the current crisis, let's call it. And it's actually not about the crisis itself. It's about the crisis that we are creating in some ways. Um, the well, the stockpiling, the panic buying, the, the toilet roll shortages. <laughs> you know, all, all this stuff that that is bred by. Well, it's panic, isn't it? It is. And I mean, selfishness and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the big thing for me is, I mean, I, I've, I've dotted down a couple of points. And, and as I say, I, I think, I mean, I, I live in South Liverpool and we're very, very fortunate. We have got a half-decent community spirit. But last night, uh, a colleague of mine contacted me who's still serving as a police officer and yeah. they had to go and break up a barbecue in a park. And then they then had to go and deal with kids on the roof of the school who then wanted a negotiator before they would come down. And, and it's, there's two things there, and I'm not going to go on about social and parental responsibilities, but you, you've got to ask yourself is, you know, who thinks it's a good idea? Why are we wasting police resources to deal with things when quite clearly, you know, you know other criminals will be making, making hay whilst the proverbial sun shines? And I think it, 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 there is just seems to be a minority of people who don't care. And, you yeah. know, you, you look at London, you know, London and Madrid are, are now at tipping point with regards to both new cases and, and obviously, unfortunately, you know, pe people dying. And yet other parts of the country aren't. And yeah, there, there's unique problems faced by London, obviously, because of the, the you know, the, the closeness of people, the transport infrastructure and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know. I think people need to take a step back and ask themselves a very serious question. And it's, you know, am I as important as I think I am? Or should I now be taking a step back from my important world and letting the really important people like our first responders, our yep. nurses, our doctors, our anaesthetists, our pharmacists, our firefighters, our paramedics, you know, these are people that can keep us safe rather than people who, you know, I, I am going to work because, you know, and it, and that, that's partly my frustration. And, and I say a couple of the things I've written down just, just whilst we were waiting to come online was, 
you know, the community, the NHS, the negativity, the selfishness, you know, the role of the first responders. And, you know, I've just put, why are people still being, for want of a better word, idiots? And, and I think, you know, that, that's the thing that, we're, that, that a lot of ordinary men and women uh, are, are struggling with. And I don't know what you think about that. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that people are necessarily being stupid. They just don't get it. Um, you know, this whole business of self-isolation, um, I, I, think, I think people perceive it as looking after themselves. The same way that, that panic buying, stockpiling stuff is people seeing it as looking after themselves. And self-isolation isn't really, well, it's not about looking after yourself. It's about looking after everyone else. Absolutely. It's about, you know, because um, actually in, in my family, we're not sure if we've had this virus or not, because we've all felt a little bit under the weather recently. So we might have just had very mild cases of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might have got away with it. But that, that doesn't mean we can't spread it on to other people who are, oh. who are, who are far more vulnerable. So um, I don't know, you know, I've, I've seen things on, on sort of social media about, you know, and it might have even been the same thing about, you know, the police breaking up a a barbecue and people refusing to leave and then they had to, you know, tip the barbecue over and, and, and get rid of them all. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, people just sort of lose all sense because, because the sort of, I don't know, the, the, the structure, the routine has gone out of life. So it, I don't know. You just get this, this weird herd mentality in, in, in some respects. Um, and people think it doesn't apply to them. But then I guess, you know, you, you've got that, you know, as a policeman, you know this, you, you, you have got a group of people who don't think the rules apply to them. I mean, just to I say, mean, I mean, I, I, would, I imagine, I imagine that, um, that the burglars are having a pretty hard time at the moment because everyone's at home. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, there, there's a delicious irony here uh, in that, you know, I, I, you know, I served just over 30 years, both in the Mets and, and, and on Merseyside. And yep. I, I think the big thing, and I think we, we touched on this yesterday when we were having a wee, uh, a wee telephone rant is, you know, we, we, we have uh, enjoyed for, you know, over a thousand years in this, this country, you know, freedom of movement, freedom of speech, freedom of association, long before the ECHR ever ever sort of imposed it. And I think the problem is, is people, you know, they, they have absolute understanding of what their rights, but what they fail to understand that with those rights comes a huge, huge social and individual r- responsibility. And I mean, I, there there are good things happening. I mean, my daughter is a celiac, and she and she's not. It's not a fad. She is a celiac, and and she gets very, very, very ill very, very quickly. Yeah. And obviously, you know, people have been buying, uh, you know, whatever food there has, which means for someone like her who can't have gluten or wheat in any form. And last night, one of her old friends who she used to work with, someone who to, who she travelled around America with, working in children's camps for a number of years, she got a text message saying, "Go to your back gate." And this young woman who, who you know, Becky, Becky doesn't, you know, she, she's a friend, but she's not sort of a, a close friend. And this young woman had gone to Sainsbury's and filled a carrier bag with gluten-free food for, for my yeah. daughter. You know, and, and it's, it, you know, that, that, that made me, I mean, my daughter shared that on, on, on WhatsApp with us as a family last night. Uh, and that made me think, okay, there are, there are people who get this. And, and I think what, for me, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm looking out in my back garden. My dogs are sort of running about in the sunshine. The kids next door are, are sort of, they're obviously on, you know, PE or whatever their, their mums are letting them do today. And there's, there's, there's a, there is a sense of calm. And, but equally, there's also a sense of people saying, you know, I have to get this. I have to get this. I'm really, really important. And, yeah. and we need to prioritise now. We, you know, and I, you know, I've probably said this three times. 
I think we have to accept that we as individuals have now got to step up and yeah, understand. Yeah, it's great. We have rights. We live in a, we live in a democracy and we do live in a democracy. Thank goodness. You know, we don't live in a dictatorship. You know, you, you see scenes in, in Spain where the police uh, and, and the paramilitary police are being robust. I, I watched a video from India this morning where, where the police are literally out beating people in the streets who are disobeying it. We don't have yeah. that. You know, we've, no. we, you know, and, and I think we don't want we don't want to put the government in a position where they have to turn around and say, OK, martial law, curfews. And, you know, it, it's that that's that's the frustrating thing for me. I mean, I, I lived through a curfew in the in the in the uh, in the in the 70s living in, in Falls Road in West Belfast. Yeah. And I can tell you something for nothing. It, it ain't fun, you know, but. I mean, I, I spoke to someone else about this, and even then, we had a social. You know, the the the, the times when we were allowed to leave our houses, uh, you know, there was a huge, huge social cohesion. In you know, so it can be done, but I don't know how we make it happen, David. And that that's my that's the thing I'm really struggling with at the minute. No, I I, I think it's as you say. I think I think there's there's really good stuff happening. There, there, I think for the most part, and and this is you can sort of you can apply this to. To so many things in society that, that generally people people get it they're doing the right things and then you have a percentage of people who aren't so even if you look at you know I'm, I'm a big football fan so I've gone to football a lot you know the same thing even even back in the 80s the vast majority of people went to a football match to enjoy the football have a good day out and then there's a proportion of people who who cause trouble um, and then that trouble sort of bleeds into the people who are doing the right thing Absolutely. So even even with the panic buying, so people go out and panic buy, um, and then the people who weren't panic buying are thinking, shit, there's nothing left, so I need yeah. to go out and panic. So I need to drive around, you know, ten shops to find some toilet roll. So it, it drives behaviours in others. So you know, you've always got you've always got this element of society who believes they sit outside of outside of the rules, um, and you know, even you know Boris Johnson's. Um, speech the other night you know the impression I got is it, it wasn't it was less of a an, an active decision it was more of a reactionary decision yep. the tone was sort yourself out you fuckers or we're going to lock you up yeah and and, and, that, and that's that, that, and, that and it's just and this is so at the moment it's like well you know there may be fines and there's still there's obviously some legislation to be put through when that's put through they'll be telling us what the consequences are of doing the wrong thing and ultimately, if that continues, it will mean, I don't know, people being locked away, won't it? Well, and, and, that's and where the, it ends up. The, the, if you, you've, you've, you've raised an interesting point there, it's simply in that, you know, and I'm not going to go all political on this, but, you know, over a number of years, there's been an erosion of, of, of social uh, support, for want of a better word. We've seen an erosion of, of you know, the, the nicer health service. And thank yeah. God those young men and young women have, by God, they've stepped up to the plate. We've seen an erosion of police officers and, you know, youth workers and, and the people who, who could have maybe been doing the things they're doing. Now we've got a situation where if we do have to enforce a more draconian uh, legisl legislation, which, you know, he, he can do, you know, he, he is yep. the prime minister. He, he can invoke powers that, that prime ministers have, have you know, have, have locked away to, 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 to keep society safe. But you know, is that what we want? Because, you, you you know, it was an interesting point. It was raised by uh, uh, a retired police officer on LinkedIn last night. And the point he made is, you know, as a police officer or a special constable, how do you know that the person you stop in their car or the person who was out walking their dog, how do you identify? Is it their one and only piece of exercise that day? How do yeah. you know that what, the, you know, so so we, we find ourselves, unfortunately, in very uncharted <laughs> 
waters. And the problem you've got is if that doesn't work, then the next step would be, okay, we go that we go full throttle martial law. You don't leave your house unless you have permission. And yeah. you know, and I, and I think there are there are a lot of people out there. I'm, I'm probably ranting a bit now, but the thing that's really, really shook me the most is how quickly a so-called first world society with access to fresh water, electricity, food, limited, obviously, how quickly we broke down. And, yeah. and, and that, that worries me. And, and you know, and I, I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting here listening to there's a beautiful little robin singing in my tree, got a couple of pigeons in the back garden. Oh, by the way, if you hear any barking in a minute, my dogs have decided to join the podcast as well. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, they're more than welcome. Yeah, and, and you know, so so to me it's a case of, you know, you know, is this this is what we can do if we have to, but what we don't want is people to turn around and say, Okay, you don't move. And it can happen because it has happened in the past. And, you know, if you look at, you know, you look at wartime legislation, which greatly restricted movement. Uh, and, you know, even even living in, in, in Belfast in the, in, in the bad old days, there were restrictions on people's movement and people had no choice but to comply. So I don't know what, you know, it'd be interesting to see if people listen to the podcast. Are they, A, shocked at how quickly our so-called safe, stable, democratic first world society has broken down? And two, can anybody out there explain why this has happened? Because that, you know, I, I don't think anybody could have predicted the, 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 the way in which people have overreacted in a, in a negative way. If that, and that sounds a bit silly because we're all scared. We're all anxious. We're all thinking about our families. But, you know, society, society has literally just broken down and, and it's worrying. Well, and I think, I think, you know, social media has a part to play. Um, as it has a part to play in, in, in many things nowadays um, because people have access to information and no way of knowing how real that information is anymore. It's a good point. Actually. Um, yeah. So it's easy. You can just post anything you want, post anything you want on social media and someone might get hold of it and it gets, you know, post something on Twitter and it gets retweeted a few times and it becomes viral and, 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 and it just breeds a load of stuff that otherwise wouldn't have happened in terms of people disagreeing and arguing and falling out and agreeing and reposting it and all, you know, so it, 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 it can just, well, spread, spread like a virus. Um, so I mean, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, this is how I see it. You know, the problem we have at the moment is no different to the problem we have all the time in, in, in smaller and larger examples. It's like the example of the football, the football match. You've still got an element of people who will, who will overreact um, and that comes from a place of selfishness that comes from a place of I'm going to look after myself rather than a place of I need to behave in a way that's that's best for everybody even though it might be slightly worse for me and, and, and I think yeah I, I think that, that that's interesting because you know I mean, one of the funniest things I've seen today, and I have been limited, limiting myself to to both uh, all types of media because it, it's uh, you know for the very reason that you, you suggested, uh, yeah. is that you know a, a a you know a reasonably famous musician, pop star, whatever you want to call themselves, you know, has shared a very heartwarming note around a, a, an area she lives in, but then she put it on Instagram. Now, yeah, you know, it's brilliant that she's done it. But then why put it on Instagram? This, you know, I think we've, and I think we touched on this yesterday. We, we've gone past likes now. We, we've gone past, you know, we've gone past, oh, how important am I? We've gone past, look, how, you know, look, look what I'm doing. You know, 
and as somebody said in, in I think it was uh, one of the newspapers online, he said, you know, fantastic, but you know, what what about the men and women who are selflessly going out of their way? You know, yeah. I, I've got a niece. She's a she's a critical care nurse in in Hammersmith. You know, she's 27 years of age, a, a beautiful, beautiful young woman with her entire, entire life ahead of her. And I sent her a text last night because, you know, she always used to look up to me as, as being somebody who was important when I was a police officer. And I sent her a text yeah. last night and I genuinely meant it. And I just said, said, tides have turned, you know, you are the heroes. You are the men and women now who are keeping grizzled, miserable, salty, sweaty old police officers and firefighters and, and bankers and everybody else safe. And she just sent me back a really, really nice little text. She said, you know, she said, I've just passed that on to my colleagues and we're all really, really happy with that. And I thought, and that's nice because yeah. you know, when this is over, and it, and it will be will it will will over, you know, we it, it well, God willing, it's over. You know, what what do we what do we how do we thank these people? How do we thank these young men and young women? And some of them are, you know, there, there are some of them in training, some of them are still, you know, there are lots of people volunteering, hospital porters, people like that. How do we thank them? You know, do we, yeah, you know, we don't, you know. Do, do we have a big concert at, at Wembley and then everybody can be sycophantic about it? Or, or do we give them a medal? I don't know. because they, yeah. No, we, are, no we, we just start to, to acknowledge what they do. I mean, you know, my, my wife um, works with vulnerable kids, special kids with special needs, that kind of thing. So she's sort of out in the community. So she's out today. She's, she's out visiting families. Um, and we went to the supermarket yesterday. Um, I stayed in the car and she went in and she, she has an NHS badge. Yep. She's not a nurse or a doctor, but she has an NHS badge and she's been told by, um, by, by her boss, you need to wear it wherever yep. you go. You need to wear it. And, and she, she came out and she was all embarrassed because she was in the queue and people are asking her what she does. Yep. <laughs> you know? And, and she, she doesn't like to draw attention to herself, but I thought it's just really nice. It's really nice that people are acknowledging that she has an NHS badge on and they're asking about it. Yeah. And they're and they're expressing their their you know they're, they're expressing their concern for these kids. And they're acknowledging it. that it needs that, that that you know there are all these things that people don't see in this situation. There's you know the fact that that nurseries and schools are shut down, so vulnerable kids are now in the place where they're most vulnerable more often. Well, funny enough, I, yeah, I think you acknowledged the post I put up yesterday, uh, and it was quite ironic. Uh, the, the the two posts that I felt were quite relevant. I put a post up last night about I'm, I'm, I'm putting together a toolbox talk, toolbox talk yep. uh, to stay safe online. And it's, you know, it's had four likes and 320 views. And the other one I put up was about, you know, let's, let's spare a thought for, you know, women, children and men who are subject to domestic abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, it's had limited, limited uh, coverage, you know, and yep. these are things that are important. You know, it, it it's, you know, our first world problems are simply that, you know, and I, you know, the question I would ask people is, is, you know, is twofold is, you know, you know, how, how do, how do we, how do we come together at a, at a very challenging time? And secondly, what should we be doing as communities and individuals to, to, to you know, to, to, to get people to be more socially responsible? Because I, I, I've got to the stage where, I took the dogs out yesterday. I waited till late, late evening and I literally walked them uh, within sort of a couple of miles of my house. Didn't let them off the leads because, you know, that, that would be irresponsible in, in a park. And you're just thinking, you know, I, I've got to the stage now where, you know, if I see a group of people hanging around outside a shop, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go over and say to them, you know, keeping my yeah. distances, what the hell do you think you're doing? You know, and I don't want to have to do that. You know, I, I'm no longer a police officer. I have no powers. I'm quite simply someone who, you know, these people don't understand that they're, 
stupidity or non-understanding. This is a pyramid. You know, one person can can inf- can affect infect an impact on thousands of other people. And and it's yeah. And I, 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 sorry, I, I just think it, as I said earlier, it's, it's it's not that it's not that people are actively being stupid necessarily, but but what they they apply a a, a process of thinking that 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 means they end up thinking it doesn't apply to them. Yeah. You know, and in, in your case, you, I mean, yeah, you're not a serving police officer, but you've been there and done all that. So you know how to do it. You know how to approach a group of people and you know how to talk to them because you've been trained and you've got years and years of experience. You know, there are other, you know, just normal citizens who will feel the same as you, um, but they won't be equipped to deal with it. And, and they're, you know what I mean? Well, so they're walking into a potentially dangerous situation. Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, they're 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 kind of in some ways creating that dangerous situation by by confronting. But they they'll feel frustrated. I mean, I don't know whether you, I, I, I I I sent you a video on WhatsApp last night from straight from Sky News or BBC News, yeah. right? And I can, you know, of of people, you know, oh, we couldn't find a park open, and now we found this park. And I think the quote that really, really, really uh, got to me was, "Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm not sick, you know, I'm not sick." And you're just thinking, mate, you don't get it, you know. I, I've had it. Well, sorry. Well, we're we're ninety five percent certain we had it. We had something that was very very close to it, and, and as I say, we, we had all the symptoms, including loss of taste, loss of all the other things. It ain't nice, you know. My wife, no. lucky, she was five days. She fought through it. Uh, I was I was slightly less lucky, and had a couple of interesting days where uh, where I, I sort of felt like I was on a Led Zeppelin album cover because life got a bit yeah. interesting, yeah. you know. And and you still have people who. You know, does anybody care how big your biceps are at the minute? Does anybody care how good you look when you're doing, you know, your exercises and putting it on on, on Instagram? And it, it's 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 that sort of thing. And I, I genuinely, and I say I'm going back to a point I made before. I genuinely don't understand how quickly that people have suddenly become selfish, and secondly, how quickly a society that you know other countries would look to uh, has 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 started to unravel. You know, you... yeah, I, I don't think I don't think people have suddenly become selfish. I think people have, you know, the people who are selfish have always been selfish. The the situation, the crisis, whatever you want to call it, has has threatened what they've got or what they can get. So it's just brought out the behaviour. So that's it, my view. So so yeah, it's so, so yeah. I suppose if you, 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 yeah, it's an interesting point because there are. I mean, we were having a conversation with uh, my wife and I were having a conversation the other night, and we were talking about, you know, people are talking about the wartime spirit. You know, well, I, I've just recently read a book on on uh, on the, the the fall of Constantinople in, in the 13th century. Such such as self isolation. These are the sort of things you resort to, and it was quite yeah. interesting because during the siege of of of, of Constantinople. There were people inside Constantinople who were stockpiling food. They were then yeah. created a, a a black market or a you know a, a second level of thing. You know during the war, you know you know I, I, you hear stories. Uh, you know during the war where spivs suddenly appeared who could get you nylons for you know all the things that you couldn't get. So I think you're right. I think there's always going to be. I won't use the. I'll use the term opportunists, but there are other words that we could probably use to describe these people. But the problem is, I think, yeah, you're right. I think that the, the rise of social media, the access to information or misinformation, uh, and and this sort of link to a, you know, I'm the most important person in my world. Uh, I think that we are we are seeing society. Maybe maybe we're seeing people at their basest and rawest 
level. What you, yeah, I think that I think that's that's part of it. You can sort of break break things down to the lowest common denominator, but but also, um, you know, it's like the toilet paper thing. <laughs> Where if without without social media, what might happen is someone sees someone buying a load of toilet paper and they think, oh god, yeah, I better get some toilet paper, and they buy some toilet paper. Yeah. With social media, then everyone's seeing it, or everyone who's looking at social media is seeing the panic with toilet roll. Um, and as I say, you know, you get the people who are just, oh, right, I've got to go out and get loads of toilet roll and stockpile it because they're not really thinking it through. And then you get the second wave, which is the people who are thinking we're going to run out of toilet paper and we need some. So I'm going to go and buy some too. And I'm probably going to buy more than I would normally buy because all these idiots are buying. Yep. And then they kind of become the idiots because they're buying more, more than they need. Um, and, the, and the reality probably <coughs> is that there, there is plenty of, of everything available in the supply chain of, of food and, and other things that we need, but we have put such a strain on that supply chain that it's just it's just empty at the moment. Well, I I, I, think, you... I think I said to you yesterday I went down to the Aldi because we, we, my elderly neighbour she needed uh, long life milk and, and and some sweets, bless her, because her husband yeah. is very very poorly. And you know that, and it was interesting because yesterday the, the the shops were there were plenty of food in the shops and people were maintaining social distance and you know the security were not they weren't doing what they've been doing in Spain but people were literally apologising to each other and it was quite interesting you know people were not touching the veg and then putting it back people people were you know there there was a sense of and what was quite interesting was is is that you know there was a certain level of self-policing. There were signs up saying, you know, if you wanted toilet rolls, I think it was two two packs of four was your, your absolute maximum. Yeah. Uh, you know, even alcohol, if you wanted, you know, if you, if you wanted, you know, a, a can of Guinness or four cans of Guinness, you were allowed a maximum of four times four packs. And I, and I said to the, the one of the guys who was who was stuck in the shelves, I said, you know, are people, are people adhering to this? He said, yes, they are this week. He said they weren't last week. Yeah. He said it was literally like, you know, a plague of you know a, a plague of locusts, uh, you know, sweeping through Egypt in in, in ancient times. Uh, and he, he suggested it was quite interesting, but he said what was also interesting were there were certain people who were policing other people's behaviour. You know, so you have yes. people saying, "No, I think you're wrong there, pal. I don't think you should be doing that." So, but then again, you, you, you know, that the next step from that is, is do we then have, you know, and, and this might sound a bit extreme, you know, how long did before where we have people who are patrolling their areas to keep their areas safe? How quickly before, you know, the, the police are not going to be responding to minor stuff. They can't. I mean, they couldn't anyway before this and they, and they won't. So, how, no. you know, how quickly does it become when somebody's caught in somebody's back garden? Uh, doing something that they shouldn't be doing, trying to break into a shed or whatever. How quickly do we then have a breakdown in 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 in, in that social side of things? And and I think that you know these are all questions that a I hope we don't have to answer because you know that we don't want to see that. But b if we do have to answer, then the big problem you then got is it, it becomes the survival of the fittest. You know, and and it's yeah, and and that's worrying. And I, I think we said, and you know, everybody's used these terms, but I think it's a really good term. We are in what uncharted waters. You know, you could war game this out. No doubt, Cobra have you know exercised things like this. You know, they you know, and quite quite ironically, there was a, a pretzel program on Sky recently called Cobra. Uh, yeah, which bore no trust me, bore no resemblance to when which gold, silver, and bronze command structures work, but it was TV, and it was interesting because you know we I think I said yesterday we still got access to fresh water. We still got access to electricity. We still got access to gas, and we're very, very fortunate that Mother Nature has decided, for most of the country, I think, 
to to give us to, to give us you know her her input and she she's you know she she's doing very well spring spring is sprung and the weather's beautiful yeah 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 there are people in other countries haven't got that you know and 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 I think people if I could give one message out and I'm just a you know a, a, a small voice in the wilderness that people just need people need to put they need to just press pause and we need to really start thinking about the the, the what is really important to us and and that's probably seems yeah eldish and a bit naive but. You know that we, we need to press pause and we need to sort of maybe rewind and reevaluate. And again, you know that that's just my thoughts. You know, no, I mean my my sense at the moment. I I do, I do have, despite the the challenges I'm facing personally, I have this sort of underlying calm around me. <laughs> yeah. And for the for the reasons you just said, and I I posted on LinkedIn, um, uh, this morning. You know, mother Mother Nature is breathing a huge sigh of relief. Yep. And, she, and she's saying, this is how you're supposed to live your life, you fuckers. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I do think there there is, you know, as as happens. And, and look, if you watch all the TV, the TV programs, you, you can sort of see the cycle that these things go through. The panic, you know, and then that, that sort of subsides. And then actually people do come together a bit more. Um, and people do relax because once they realise, actually, yeah, like the whole world hasn't ended. Um there's an opportunity maybe to build something here. And I just sense that there is an opportunity here once this is over or as it, as it becomes less of a challenge to, to, to well, the human race, um, because it is unprecedented in that we're all fighting the same thing now. Yep. For once, for once in, I don't know, however long it is, everyone is fighting the same thing rather than fighting amongst each other. I think there was there was an, an article, I think it was it was either in the, in the independent or the times and I can't remember which one because it was it, it was a, it was sort of sent to me by some of that, and that was exactly what the, you know it's uh, it, it is for the first time for the first time in history uh, then yeah we have a common common a common enemy <laughs> I can't even say the word a common, common enemy <laughs> Uh, yeah, and but the problem is, is you know, if 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 we fight it, and if we do as we are told to do, and you know, and and, and we all take social responsibilities, uh, then we can overcome this. But I mean, somebody raised a point on LinkedIn this morning. It was quite interesting. And what's going to are we are we going to what's going to happen when this is all over? Do we still think people will go back to to their old ways? And I think they will, because I think yes. the point is, you know, it's interesting. And we we had this discussion on the phone yesterday. Where are all our positivity gurus and savants and, and you know the people who have talent? <laughs> yeah. You know where where are their bite sized ten things to make you more positive? Where have they all gone? You know, well they've got nothing. They've got nothing because this is real. This is real, and they have no ten things to. I mean, it started, didn't it? The 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 like ten things or five things or whatever to help you work at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh fuck off, yeah. you know. Yeah, don't, don't it's like, well, what, what, you, what you all need to do is grow up a bit, get over yourselves yeah. and work from home. Yeah. Maybe we need a bit more of that rather than, you know, this this kind of namby pamby pandering to people's people's kind of moans. Um because it's like, geez, you know, just just be thankful that you can work from home because some people can't. But you and some people just haven't got jobs anymore because they're on zero hours contracts, and that's it; they're gone. Absolutely. And I mean, you've you've you've, yeah. hit, you've had a brilliant wee point uh, because I'm just looking out in the back garden, and my wife's taking a wee break from what she was doing. She's sitting in the back garden in the sunshine. My two dogs are lying on the patio; their tails are wagging, and and you're just thinking, if, you know, if, if, if this is it, then this is it, you know. But you know, 
you've got people, you know, I, I haven't seen my grandson uh, for quite a while. I, can't, I, I speak to my other son. I've got, I've got a son who lives in Russia uh, with yeah. a pregnant wife. I've got a son who lives in Canada uh, with his wife and my, my, our five-year-old grandson. And I've got a grandson who yeah. lives five minutes away from me, which we can't see him. And, you yeah. know, and I think, yeah, th- th- this is where we need to really, really understand the importance of what we're trying to do here. I mean, you know, people are, you know, my, my wife's parents are very elderly. They live in the southeast. So obviously, you know, the, you know, normally it's three hours on the, on the world's biggest uh, world's biggest car park to go and see them. But we go and see them. We rang, yeah. we rang them last night. They're very elderly. They've got an underlying health conditions and, and they're being quite stoic. But then they live through t- tough times. They, you know, they live through you know, yeah. children during the war, you know, and, 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 you know, and they're keeping whatever this stiff offer lip is. That's what they're trying to do. So you know, yeah. I, I I think, and you know, we we are we are voices, you know, quiet voices in, in a very big wilderness. I think I, I think if we can get people interested, I think maybe we, we have to come up with let's press pause, let's rewind, let's look at what we have. I mean, yeah. look at what you've got right in front of you. It's yeah. I don't know whether you've ever seen a film called Any Given Sunday uh, with Al Pacino, I'm not sure. and uh, there's a phenomenal halftime speech uh, by Pacino. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, I have seen it, yeah. yes. And, he, and yeah. he talks about life being the six inches in front of your face. And I, I used to use that in, and still, hopefully, will still be using that when I when I do leadership, when I explain, you know, how communication is is, 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 a, is, a, is a very important part of leadership. And, and you know, empathising, understanding, you know, reaching out to people individually. And I actually watched that last night on YouTube, uh, and it was, it was very, very relevant. Uh, so I mean I, I don't know where we would stand with regards to copyright or to put the link out to that, but that that life is the six inches or, or the ten feet or the twenty five feet in in front of your face. It, you know, like my life at the minute is two dogs, a wife, a foster child, a back garden, uh, and a bit of food in the freezer. You know, and and and, yes. and that's it. And that is your six inches, isn't it? We can worry. About- no, absolutely. I think I think that this is this is a, a fundamental problem in in the Western world is that we're all being distracted by things outside of our own lives. So, you know, we, we as a family, there's three of us, my, my wife, myself and, and my 16 year old son, I've just noticed that we're all just pretty chilled out. You know, it's like, there's no, there's just very little tension compared to what there normally is when we're all busy yeah. doing stuff, you know? So, um, and that, that's, that's from a family. It's like, we accept what we need to do here. We accept our part in this. Um, and, now, and, and this isn't about fighting this virus. It's the opposite of that. It's like you've got to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? There is no, there is no fight no. here. We, 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 we've, we've just got to do nothing. That, that's our part. That's, that's our part to play because we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We can't go and help people and treat people. Um, but we can all do our little bit of good. And that, that means there's a lot of good. And, and, and I think, you know, if, if nothing else, whatever, you know, whatever this, whatever this becomes, whatever comes with it, if there is nothing else, you know, we might, we, we might see, an imp- you know, pe- people will start to become more socially aware. But, you know, one of, one yeah. of the things I thought about yesterday and we were, we were talking about that, I mean, because, you know, whether people listen to these podcasts or not, I hope they do, because I, I think it's it. But I, what I'd like to do over the next couple of weeks is, is obviously is is to maybe ask people would they prepare to just come on i mean i, I talked about that at home with colin murray concept yesterday where you know yep. we, we we get people who are just ordinary men and women to tell us how they're doing you know to, to to tell us about you know and let's do silly things you know 
you know, things like, you know, you know, how, how can you how can you make a meal for four people with, you know, with, with what you've got, you know, because because yeah. in the in in you know even growing up in Belfast in in, in the sixties and seventies where we had you know we, we had society had broken down, people still, you know I still have images of my mum and, and all the other women in the street, even during the most de- devastating and tough times where you know where there was where there was a lot of a lot of a lot of violence, these women used to meet in the street and they would talk things through and they would share ideas and nobody went short, you know and. And yeah. So it's 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 there. It's it's. I think it's an innate part of us. It's our fight or flight. Some people some people will come together to support others. Other people will panic. Uh, but I, I I I genuinely think that in in twenty years time, you know, historians are going to look back at, th- at this as our sociologists and psychologists and, and human behavioralists. And you know, there's going to be an awful lot of PhDs written on 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 how people behaved uh, on at, at a time of crisis. And uh, yeah, I mean, here's a question. What would happen if they switched off social media right well, now? You know, because what happens is look, we, we, we can get this false sense of community by by going and having a look to see what Kim Kardashian is <laughs> doing today. Yeah, that's what that's what's happening. So so it's like we're, we're losing sight of what's right near us. I, I, I can sort of semi answer that question because in, in, in 2011, uh, the year before I retired, I had the I had the uh, honour of being the oldest serving uh, public order officer in, in in my force and possibly the country because I was in I was 50, 53 years of age and I was still a frontline public order officer. And it was quite interesting yeah. because I was I was I was sort of commanding young men and young women who were half my age and uh, you know and supposed to be fitter and stronger than me and it was it was a very interesting experience and and we, we got through it and you know we were very lucky the police and and, and people worked well and, and it happened. And I was invited to, to number 10 uh, to, uh, to, to, re- to be recognised, uh, along with other colleagues, uh, for our part in what, what I think David Cameron beautifully put as the disturbances. Uh, we yeah. all had uh, a sort of 60 seconds to, to speak to him, uh, which I, and I won't go into the, the, the sort of the positives or negative experiences of that because it's, it's not relevant. But he had this this tall willowy sort of highly academic young man who was floating around behind him. And he was, he, he was some sort of private undersecretary to something or other. And I'd already been told by my boss not to ask any questions. Well, you, you may as well have just put a, a put a pint in front of me. <laughs> so he said, uh, uh, he said, you know, what, 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 you know, what were your experiences? I said, well, you should have switched the internet off. And he looked at me and he said, sorry. I said, you should have switched the internet off. I said, we had orchestrated, uh, violence on uh and people were using twitter and facebook and this willowy academic looked at me and he said well he said, it's not that easy is it and i said no I'm, I'm not saying it's not that easy he said no you know that's a very naive thing to say i said but i said we allowed false information we 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 actually reveled in, in it you know we, we you know we, we had we had copycat riots in liverpool and, and it was interesting because we arrested a number of people on the third night. Uh, the, the, the residents of a you know of, of, of an area in Liverpool that is much maligned. The community leaders asked could they patrol with us, which I thought was phenomenal. So we were all sort of for every two police officers we had a community activist, and the, some of these were men and women yeah. who were of an age to remember 1981 and all of the issues. And it was quite interesting because we were stopping groups of young men and young women, and none of them came from that area. People had travelled from Manchester. Yeah. People had travelled from St Helens. Southport to cause trouble and I have to say yeah. the way in which the community activist managed those people was phenomenal 
and then once they'd spoken to them yes. uh, and given them some advice, they were handed over to us and we arrested these people. So, you know, th- there's there's the problem with social media. It was it was excitement. Oh, let's go and do this. And nobody really, really cares. And yet that community, you know, as, as one of the community activists said to me, he said, you know, he said in 1981, mate, he said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. He said, but he said, you know, you were my enemy. He said, but we're not yeah. now, are we? So there is there there is co- there is a there is cohesion there is an opportunity there there, there are things we could do, uh, and and I think for I think for people like ourselves and there are millions of people like ourselves I think, uh, yes. we the silent majority need to become the vocal majority. We need to turn around to people and just say you know this is what we need to do now. Yeah, and I think part of our problem is that because you know we 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 see the world through through you know in, in the way that we do and and that maybe that is from a sort of a bit of a, a bit more of a an objective place a bit more of a calm place we tend not to be that vocal but i think it should be you know it's everyone everyone because everyone else is sh- shouting about whatever they're doing and and like like say you know fi- my fire tips <laughs> to, to work from home and all that nonsense. um you know if people really need five tips on how to work from home they've got more problems than how to work from home well, haven't they yeah, quite, quite interesting. And this is a slightly slightly amusing story. I started doing, uh, thanks to your advice and a few other people's advice, I, I've now learned how to put audio and video onto onto my PowerPoints, which it's it's amateur art. And I, I'm, I say I'm doing yeah. a couple of toolbox talks, which I'm, I'm, I'm now going to try and find out how I can sort of dis- distribute them to people to watch. Uh, and I, I started filming yesterday and I was wearing a particular sweatshirt and I got up this morning and uh, that sweatshirt is uh, is in the wash. So I now have two choices. Yeah. Do I, hey, go back and re-video everything to be with continuity? Or as my wife said, does anybody care about your sweatshirt, pal? And, and, and I like that yeah. because it's, it, 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 it was quite an interesting, you know, I'm worrying about, you know, people will notice that there's, con- that there's, that there's not continuity here. Uh, well, in actual fact, the message I'm trying to get out is, is you know, does it really matter? And, and I think, you know, and, exactly. and, and, you know, even yesterday when I put out the post about, you know, I'm offering this, I'm offering it free. I don't want anything from anybody, you know. And yet nobody, I've had, other than yourself and three other people who've liked it, nobody's actually accessed it, you know. So, you know, I, I've got a product. And it, it ain't Hollywood, it, you know, it ain't going to be as good as other people who are out there. I've got a product, you know, because our, our business is based partially around safeguarding, vulnerability, uh, keeping people safe and, and safe surfing and things like this. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to reflect on on how, how do we become uh, more more sort of community and and societally sufficient for things like that. I don't know. I don't know, mate. Well, and I, th- I think I think what I take you know, and then this podcast will go out okay. as it was, even the even the confusion <laughs> at the start. Yeah, it's still going to go out because what well, the problem again, and and this isn't this isn't actually blaming social media itself. It's just what social media has become. Is that everyone is trying to sell? Yeah, it's airbrushed, isn't it? It is the car, and and we are not perfect. We're imperfect people, and we make mistakes and all that kind of stuff. So maybe we should put okay. a bit more of that out there. Um, but anyway, look, we're we're probably. I think we are. Time. Um, I think we will probably have some things that we'll be able to sort of spin off from this. So there'll be more more to come. Um, but again, look, thanks nope, for coming no on, Jim. And thanks for inviting I'll, me. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see you around on LinkedIn, and uh, we'll talk. And yeah, and let's let's think, let's think of doing maybe if we maybe think about doing sort of ten minute segments of where we we can sort of put a, a lighter spin on this because yeah. I think we, we you know we're positive, and I think there's a lot of people maybe just need that support. All right, mate. Yeah, all right, all God right, bless you, and stay healthy. 
Thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the Bullshit Detective podcast. My name is David Brown and thanks once again uh, to Jim Farron for coming on um, and having what was a pretty interesting chat. Uh, I think there might be more to come from Jim, but I'll um, I'll catch you later in... in uh, 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 I've just made a mistake, but I'm going to leave it in. I'll catch you later in subsequent episodes. Bye-bye for now.